Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Eat, Sleep, Parent, Repeat. Alongside with me is my co-host, Jessica. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing okay. We are about to talk about this week's episode, which is parenting in the pandemic. I feel like that's a big one. Yeah, like that's that's, scary. (laughs) It's a scary thing. It's definitely... um, I think it can be triggering for some people because, I mean, everyone is experiencing the pandemic, and I do mean everyone in the world is quite literally experiencing this. So I just kind of want to mention right here at the beginning that we might talk, touch on some triggering topics today um, in regards to parenting in the pandemic. And I know that being stuck in quarantine and being stuck at home a lot um, may have been hard for some people, especially if you're struggling with other personal internal things that you had going on post or pre pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, And the pandemic only made it worse. So I just kind of want to do that as a little disclaimer right at the beginning at at the beginning of this episode. um, So that you are aware that we might be talking about some of those topics. Um, I can't say for sure. So there's your little disclaimer warning. (laughs) Um, So today, we're basically just going to talk about Um, the struggles that we faced, um, what it was like parenting in the pandemic. And we have a special guest star who's actually joining us today. Um, And she's going to, she's got a bit of a different story than Jessica and I, because she literally found out she was pregnant, experienced her entire pregnancy and gave birth and has been parenting entirely in the pandemic. Unlike Jessica and I, who our sons were only about four and seven months old when the pandemic started. So um, I'm really excited to hear what uh, her story is like. So without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and introduce our guest star today. So she is someone that I have gotten to know pretty well, actually, over the last several months because we carpool our little kiddos to daycare every morning or almost every morning. Um, and in the afternoon as well. But many of you might know her as the independent pro wrestler, the selfie queen herself, Jessie Mack. Please welcome the one and only Jessica McQueen. Yay. I feel like a superstar. <laughs> like we need like a little table that does like the woo, like applause. So I'm just gonna snap like, hey, <laughs> how are you? I'm exhausted and it's only Tuesday, right? It's Tuesday, right? I, like, I mean, I feel like <laughs> as a parent, every day is Monday. <laughs> like, it just doesn't end. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just like, I, I'm sitting like, I think it's Tuesday now. <laughs> I, I don't know. Ever since I start, ever since my shifts changes and I started working Saturday to Wednesday, my Saturday is now my Monday. Yeah. And my Wednesday is now my Friday. And every other day in between could just, I don't, I don't really know. Like you could tell me it's like March 4th and I believe you. <laughs> like, I'm I, I, I forgot. Like, I'm like, it was it yesterday. It was yeah. November 1st. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's the first. I'm like, I got to pay rent. Oh my God. <laughs> I had a moment. I, you know what? I had that moment Halloween night after midnight, it was like 1241. And I'm like, that yeah, might as well send rent now while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I literally probably won't remember in the morning. So yeah. 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 So anyways, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of parenting in the pandemic. Um, So let's, let's kind of jump right into things, you know? Um, So first and foremost, I want to know, or rather we want to know um, since you found out you were pregnant during the pandemic, was your initial reaction, like any any type of initial excitement that you would have had, 
was that taken away because we were in a pandemic? Like, did you feel like you didn't get to be as excited as maybe the average person pre-pandemic? I think when I found out I was pregnant, it was like, a, oh, no. <laughs> like, in, like, understand that in my brain, for whatever reason, I felt like I was 16 and pregnant. Mm-hmm. So it was like, the, and I, I'm 30. I'm 31 now. <laughs> so I found out I was pregnant. I'm also in like my first year of events at Durham. And then there's a pandemic. I found out I was pregnant on International Women's Day, which was like a week into like the pandemic, pretty much. That's crazy. And so I was scared because I was because Matt and I, we weren't really in a good place and I didn't know what to expect. And then to find out that the world is shutting down. I I don't know how I was supposed to feel, like, if that makes sense. Like, nothing about it. it and not to say that I wasn't excited because I wanted to be a mom, but I just think the timing was just so bizarre for me. <laughs> like, I don't know how to make sense of that. Like, that's how my brain was. No, like, absolutely. I mean, I... I remember, you know, being approached with the question of like, had you had known the pandemic was coming, would you have waited to have a child? And I mean, part of me was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> because like being stuck <laughs> in a house with a child and quarantine was just, it was a lot. But then at the same time, you know, the major mom part of me was like, well, if I would have waited, then I wouldn't have Caleb. Yeah. Right. And like, I can't imagine a world without him in it. So, I mean, I think that just trumps everything else. So my answer is just, no, I wouldn't have waited. I would have just, I would have kept things the way they are. And, you know, just maybe had I had a warning of like the quarantine and the pandemic and stuff like that, then maybe I would have been (laughs) prepared for it. But I mean, it's, it's not like you can really change that. Right. Yeah. Well, I kind of battled with that whole, like, do I go through with this? Like, cause I also found out I was pregnant at like eight weeks or something like that. And everybody's like, how did you do that? I'm like, I don't even know. I have no idea why that like didn't occur to me that that could have been a thing. But at the same time, like I'm, I was like 29, 29, 30. I'm like, it, it, this is now it's, this is happening. Whether the world is going to be good or not. Like I'm going to go through with it, yeah. you know, try to function like a normal 30-year-old woman. <laughs> yeah, as normal as possible. Exactly. As normal as possible. Exactly. So that kind of actually is a great segue into my next question, which was, what initial challenges did you face? I could not get a doctor to save my life. Mm-hmm. I don't have a family doctor. I had nothing. And so the like the person that I went to was my mental health doctor. Um, and he was the one that ran me like through all like the testing and stuff like that. And he actually would have taken me to 24 weeks if I had just stuck with him. But I rather had found somebody that would be there for the entire process because, like, I didn't know what to expect. Like, I I had a really good relationship with him, but I needed kind of like a female presence because my entire life is all men, apparently. (laughs) Um, So it took me up to about 14 weeks. Um, I found midwives. And it was like the mid, uh, it's like in Oshawa, I forget what they're, they're called, like the actual building company or whatever, but they were amazing. And I am so thankful that none of the doctors took me in because they were so good. 
they made me feel good about like everything and more comfortable about being pregnant in the pandemic. So they did a really good job. So that's really exciting to hear, actually. And I wanted to kind of touch on the point, too, like if you're uh, listening to this podcast and you're, you know, just finding out you're pregnant or you're trying to get pregnant or anything like that. I just want to point out that Jesse got incredibly freaking lucky because Jessica over here wanted a midwife more than an OB. So bad. Like <laughs> she wanted an OB, a midwife so bad. But and I was telling, I was talking, I remember talking to you about this in the car one day, Jesse. you're lucky that you found a midwife because they're the harder ones to find. Mm-hmm. Like Jessica was literally told, like, you basically need to go on the wait list for a midwife, like when you're trying, yeah. because she found out, oh God, I found like, out early, like you were only like three or four weeks along yeah. and any midwife company she contacted was like, no, sorry, we don't have anybody. Yeah. That's insane. Cause like they were, they were the most, like they were, e- like I emailed them. And they're like, answer these questions for me. And then I sent them in. They're like, okay, yeah, come in for this date. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like it was, and they were really good. Except for like a lot of people thought like, oh, you're going to have a home birth. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, like, I have to go to the hospital. It, it definitely is because like, I feel like sometimes I still even think that. And I know that that's not the case. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, they do do it. They asked me and I said, no. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't think I'd want to give birth at home, to no. be completely <laughs> honest with Not you. Like, I don't want to be sitting here recording my podcast with my gals, drinking my wine and looking over and being like, <laughs> my baby popped out right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, um, yeah, moving on to the next question. Um, so I was wondering if you faced any stigma um, from your friends or family, because I don't know if you guys remember, like early on in the pandemic, there was a lot of jokes about like, oh, there's going to be quarantine babies because people are bored. So they're at home having sex. I questioned if this was a PG podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's going to be tons of quarantine babies and blah, 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 blah. Right. So did you face any stigma because you were pregnant in the pandemic? I mean, people made jokes. But I like to point out that I was pregnant before the pandemic. Like, I was technically pregnant before the pandemic happened. Like, I was, like, right at the cusp of it. Like, I was, I, I, I squeaked right in there before the, like, the quarantine boom of babies that are about to happen. And it's not even, a, it's not a bad thing, though. Like, I don't, like, and I mean, like, I, but I could understand why people would be upset about it. Because it did bother me when people were like, oh, you're just part of the quarantine baby boom. And I'm like. I don't, but I don't know why it bothered me. Like, whatever. Like, I get laid. Like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> right? Like, jealous? <laughs> no, but like, I mean, I got more, like, like more, like, judgmental vibes when people found out I was still taking my, my antidepressants. Yeah. That was the more of, like, the problem that I had. Like, the quarantine baby thing, whatever. But, like, it was, like, oh, you're still taking this, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, I was smoking. And then my first trimester, like, the, like, I I quit because the baby was, like, no dice. <laughs> and I was, like, I was going to start cutting back anyways once I found out. Yeah. But I was also told that you can't, like, just quit, like, just cold turkey because it can do a lot more damage, too. So, yeah. eventually, like just like going through the pregnancy like I just stopped smoking <laughs> like it was like the baby's like no thank you and I'm like okay yeah like I had, I had other problems than having a quarantine baby like that was more of my thing mm-hmm. did you end up sticking with it like after the pregnancy I mean what smoking or what 
What? Not smoking. Like, did you? Um, we smoked for a little bit and then I quit again. Oh, good. I literally walked out of the hospital and I looked at Matt. I'm like, I need Red Bull and I need a cigarette. And he's like, no, <laughs> for the cigarette. I'm like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I get it. Like, literally, Caleb was like barely breathing oxygen for like five minutes, and I was like, I mean, mind you. It was a little more than five minutes, but <laughs> I literally was like, Adam, cold cut sub, like, right now. Oh, my God. And hot rods and everything I couldn't have when I was pregnant now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sounds about right. I mean, I get it. <laughs> um, so I was also wondering, what obstacles did you have to deal with, um, whether it was during the beginning or in the later stages of your pregnancy that were caused by the pandemic? Like you said, you had trouble finding an OB. So that was probably like early stages. But what about the later stages? Um, ultrasounds. There was at one point that you could not get it. Like different clinics were closed down. So it was literally like calling up and trying to get like all of these like ultrasounds. Like I didn't get one of them because like it was like the closest one to me was shut down, like closed down because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So like me trying to find places that do glucose screening the places like because like they were just all closed down at certain points yeah and then like I would finally get to one like for like ultrasound and stuff like especially like the anatomy scan and I was there on time they didn't call me in for an hour after my time oh my god and like drank a bunch of water and (laughs) I'm like I looked at the lady I'm like I gotta pee man like yeah (laughs) man I don't miss that yeah at all (laughs) like it's like I I'd be sitting there and I'd have to pee so bad and it's like every ultrasound was like that for me like from like when I found like when they did the first ultrasound to see how pregnant I was like that one and all the other ones like it was always like an hour after my time and like I would be like holding in pee and I'm like god I'm gonna die like (laughs) oh god yeah I I'm I'm grateful I didn't experience that because like I was bitching as it was (laughs) (laughs) I mean I feel like I was like everybody else because I complained (laughs) fair enough um okay so that actually answered my next question which was like was there a lack of services I feel like that kind of covers that as well like if you can't even get a darn ultrasound when you're pregnant like that's pretty that's pretty frustrating um so my favorite part um of the questions that I have coming up next are having the baby um walk us through the step-by-step of someone in the hospital during a pandemic getting ready to give birth (laughs) okay my entire birthing story is hilarious to me like honestly like all things since like I'm actually kind of happy I gave birth in the pandemic because my birthing story is not like anybody else's (laughs) and so it starts with like so I knew I was in labor the day like I start, I started feeling it and so it was COVID they're like don't go to the we're we're not going to go to the hospital until you're um till you cannot breathe through your contractions mm-hmm. I'm like okay I'm like, like no problem I got this like are you like crowning by the time yeah. you get to okay, the so, no <laughs> get this so this is this is me so I'm like so I started having contractions at like 10 a.m on the Monday I'm like, okay. And I walked into my appointment because I had a, every two weeks you have an appointment with your midwife, especially um, more frequent when you get closer to your due date. And I was already like a few days overdue. I was four days, three, four days. And she's like, okay, when you start, when you can't 
breathe through them. Let me know. I'm like, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this right. And I got all the way up to like 3 a.m. in the morning and my water broke in my bed and I had no idea what it was. It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> so we called the midwives. She came in, she came into our house, checked me out. I was three centimeters dilated and they're like, go to the hospital. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I, it just took me to like my water breaking, you know, go. So we're good. We're going. And, um, of course, like you have to wear masks and stuff. And I don't remember, but there was some point where like they just ripped off my mask. Like they didn't care. Yeah. But only Matt was allowed to be in there. And I almost didn't get the epidural because they didn't have the anesthesiologist. <laughs> and that sucked. <laughs> that sucked so much. And then I think right when I don't know what happened. Like I don't understand what was wrong with Negan, but there was so it was supposed to be me, Matt, and two midwives, one for me, one for the baby. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being like six doctors, a potential like unplanned C-section, or they were going to vacuum them out. And I'm just like, what happened? And I started talking about Grey's Anatomy because I was so tired. I was drugged up. And I'm like, have you ever seen what happened? Those poor doctors. Like I ended up with like six doctors, like everybody and their mom was like checking my stuff out. And I'm like, honestly, like. It amazes me how much stuff I don't even care about at this point in time. No, like, I was like, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, no, I'm like sitting there, like people are just going in, checking stuff out. And I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I don't even know what your name is. I can't even see your face. Like, that's exactly it. Like, it's it's gone. Like, once you're once you check yourself into the hospital to have a baby, like, expect that the conversation will go, "Hi, my name is," and that's if they're real polite. And then five minutes later, they're elbow deep in your hoochie. That's just how it goes. <laughs> and they're just like, "Yeah, I'm this doctor," and he's like, "Shit!" I'm like, "Well, okay, that sucks." <laughs> yeah, be happy you had doctors and not fellows because. Well, anyway, that's for another podcast. Yeah. I would have taken, no, I wouldn't know. That's a lie. I would have not trusted them because I was like, you guys sucked in Grey's Anatomy. Like, I would have just said something really <laughs> stupid to them. I was so, like, I was just cracking jokes because that's how I cope with weird, I, that's how I cope with everything is I make really inappropriate jokes at inappropriate times. So, yeah. And then eventually he decided to make his debut real freaking fast and, like, just kind of shot out. um but I did have to stay for 48 hours which sucked because you know COVID and stuff like I was in like they had which didn't make sense to me is they had three of us in the room they had us like like curtained off so you couldn't really talk so it was just me and Negan just chilling (laughs) like for like two days just chilling in the hospital I was going stir crazy because it's so boring in there but it's only because I took antidepressants and they wanted to make sure that he wasn't going through withdrawals. So we just sat there for 48 hours and it sucked. And he was okay though? Yeah, he was fine. They were like, he's really chill because he only cried for about like a minute and then they put him on me and then he peed on me and that was it. That's fun. (laughs) He's like, he's really chill. I actually don't think I've ever heard Negan make a noise except for coughing. (laughs) <laughs> no, he he makes noises. Trust and believe he does. But he was a really chill baby. I feel like I got lucky. So now I feel like with him being coming a toddler, I'm screwed. Yeah. Because he was such a good baby. <laughs> like I was spoiled. 
Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't speak to that yet. He's, I mean, Caleb was a whiner, like a really heavy whiner, but he's still awake and yeah. he's making noises <laughs> down the hall and I'm trying so hard not to be distracted by it. Um, so, yeah, he was like, he was a really good baby aside from the fact that he was a whiner and like we're a whopping month into the terrible twos. And I mean, you can definitely tell that like he he'll get more angry and he'll have like more fits than he, you know, did before. But I don't know, like, I still feel like I'm pretty lucky. And this is my really nice dining room table that I'm going to knock on wood real freaking hard. That that doesn't change because, yeah, mom can only handle so much. Mm. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, so were there certain protocols that were put in place that prohibited people from being able to see you? Like, was Matt allowed in the room with you? Was anyone else? Um, So Matt was allowed in the delivery room. I was worried because I know that a friend of mine had a friend that had a baby, but they were in Toronto and no one was allowed into the delivery room. So that kind of freaked me out. Crazy. Um, But again, another fun birth story. Um, We both had our parents on each phones hearing me on and like Matt's dad is just ridiculous so like like literally dealing with my bullshit and then dealing with the two parents on on like the cell phones like I'm sure the nurses are just like done with me (laughs) um but I was allowed to have visitors I was only allowed to have one visitor a day so like if my mom came then Matt wouldn't have been able to come in on like the same day like it'd have to be one per day so it was just Matt. Matt would just come and then he would go because we have a dog and my mom came up for a week. So we had to like entertain her <laughs> until I got out. So. so it was only one per day. Like it wasn't one at a time. It was literally one per day. One per day. I mean, that seems a little odd. That would not yeah. have been Jessica was in the hospital because I basically lived there. Yeah. <laughs> like I was ready to be like, just pull up a bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just sleep here with her. I mean, granted, like I was in there. So, like, you said that 48 hours is a long time. Um, I was in there for almost two weeks before I had Elias and then uh, five days after. Yeah, I would have gone nuts. Like, that's it. That's it for me. I just would have walked right out. I'm like, no, man. Yeah, like, and then, like, so for me, it, was, it wasn't quite that long. <laughs> um, but, I mean, as most of you know, if you listened to... Um, our very our very first podcast when we talked about our birthing stories mm-hmm. or if you listened to our other podcast about Caleb and stuff like that you will have heard my bumpy road to childbirth story um, but because I was there Friday morning at like 8 30 in the morning and didn't even get into a room <laughs> until like 10 o'clock Saturday morning <laughs> yeah. I literally spent like 28 hours in the in um the waiting waiting room room. and then I slept overnight on a gurney in triage so like I was not so even after I had Caleb like I had him at 10 2 p.m on the Sunday and then so obviously we were staying Sunday night into Monday and I really wanted to go home Monday night um but they said they're like usually for a c-section it's 48 hours but like I was up and walking like eight hours after my c-section so they were like, okay, well, you seem to be doing fine. So we'll just keep you Monday night and then you can go home Tuesday morning instead of Tuesday night. And I was like, whatever, like, I'll take it. I just, I was in, I didn't have any insurance coverage. So we were just in um, like one of the, 
uh, like multi rooms. So yeah, that's what I was like in. The ward room, yeah. So there's literally like four rooms that are divided by curtains in one room, and the people across from me were fine, but the lady beside me had twins, and mm. she wouldn't do anything for herself. Mm. She was ringing the freaking call bell like every 20 minutes. Can you feed my baby? Um, can you change my baby? Um, can you help me hold my boob while I try to feed my baby? Um, can you help me roll over? Um, can you help me sit up? Um, can you help me walk to the bathroom? Um, can you rock my baby? Like, I was literally like, can you yeet yourself out of the window? <laughs> like, I'm literally so sick and tired of listening to you. Oh, my goodness. So, I yeah. had one of those in my room. She, she had, like, the most, like, drama-filled life. She's like, I'm not letting her see her daddy. Like, just, like, going off about, like, all this men that she's sleeping with. And, like, she just gave birth to this baby. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, you gave birth at the Oshawa Hospital. I'm not that surprised. <laughs> it's good times. Good times. I shared a room with a bunch of people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So, um, my last questions kind of like a combo question actually so what is something that you felt that because of the pandemic you were lucky to have experienced and something that you wish you could have experienced but were not able to because of the pandemic um I just feel like overall experience like I don't know anything I don't know any better like I don't know what it's like giving birth outside of a pandemic so I feel because of that I don't I don't feel sad about anything. Like, I don't feel like I missed out. Like, I mean, maybe there is, maybe there, like Matt being at the appointments, but I don't know what it's like not like doing it alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I had something to compare it to, I'm sure I'd have a lot better answer for that. Um, but what I do kind of like was like, I had no obligation to leave my apartment, like ever. <laughs> <laughs> for the first, like, like for the entire pregnancy, really. I didn't have to do much. I didn't leave. I just got to chill at home. <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. Like, the masks kind of bothered me because I had a hard time breathing because Negan was so big. But God, yeah, your pregnancy photos, you looked like you were having couplets. I couldn't breathe. But no, like, I mean, I'm missing out on, like, I feel like I miss out on, like, stuff now that he's here. Like, mommy and me classes. Like, I feel like... um the fact that if he gets a fever, I have to get him COVID tested. Uh oh. There he is now. <laughs> oh, hello, Negan. Yeah, he's not watching you very good, is he? No, he's not. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, but he's in daycare and he seems to be doing really well in socializing. So, I mean, he's not like most pandemic babies. Hey. What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> That's my life now. Yeah, I'm doomed. I'm doomed. I am the only female without four legs in this apartment. I'm going to go crazy. They're all boys. <laughs> all of them. You got this. You'll be okay. All of them. Like, I'm going to go insane. No, I just, I miss, Um, I really do miss, like, now I miss like him doing stuff and like going to like even with like the other two kids like we he has two other kids so like teacher parent teacher interview nights stuff like that like they don't happen. Mm-hmm. 
Like, if they go back online, though, like, I'm probably going to take up drinking wine because I can't do that again. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you know what? Like, you're definitely you're definitely not alone. And um, actually, for, like, our next segment that we were going to kind of touch on on this week's episode, um, all of you know my husband, Adam, hard not to. He's loud and obnoxious. Um, he asked a question on his Facebook for um for all parents that you know felt comfortable responding um so we can't get to them all this evening but here are just a few of the responses uh that he was given to the question that he had asked so the question was what has been the most challenging thing you have had to overcome during this pandemic as a parent and why so we had um actually a, a large number of people respond so thank you to everyone who kind of gave their feedback it as I was going through and reading all of them, it gave me a perspective that I didn't even, I didn't even realize. I mean, I don't have older children. I just have Caleb and he just turned two. So that's really the only experience that I have. Um, I don't have school age children. Like Jessica has a stepdaughter. Um, Jesse, I know you have your, the older kids in your house as well. So um, I didn't even think about this perspective. You guys probably did, but the concept of online schooling has got to be, it's crazy. Grueling. It's, it's crazy. Like that can't, that can't be easy. So um, there is somebody that actually touches on it. So when we get to that one, we'll definitely go into it. Um, but the first one that I have is actually Mallory from Oshawa. And she says, finding a balance between having kids and seeing family and socializing with cousins slash grandparents, et cetera, and keeping them safe um, by not stu- uh, not stunting their immune system by having them not exposed to anything while also still protecting them from COVID. Mm-hmm. So that was a challenge that she faced. And I mean, I definitely can agree with that. Like, I feel like especially especially the older people in our lives, like our parents and our grandparents are like, they need to be exposed to germs because they need to build their immune system. And meanwhile, we're like... Hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. Like we're like going at them like crazy. And I know for myself, at the beginning of the pandemic, Adam didn't even let Caleb and I leave the house. Like we were allowed to go for a walk, and even then, it had to be at like a time of day where there wouldn't be anyone else walking because he didn't even want us walking past other people mm-hmm. on the sidewalk. And I like I didn't get to do Adam did all of the grocery shopping. Um, I remember in the earlier stages of the pandemic, he always made sure that he had gloves and Lysol wipes. Oh, and he's he, one of those guys. Yeah, like he <laughs> he wore. I mean, he was also a PSW, right? So he's working um, in a long term care home that thankfully at the time didn't have any outbreaks, but like it could have happened. The the home right across the right across the parking lot from him yeah. had a major outbreak. So like it was literally just a matter of time so he wore gloves and he never even touched like the freezer door at walmart to get um peas or whatever to get frozen vegetables he literally wearing a glove still grabbed a lysol wipe to grab the the door open and pull the food and put in the cart and so um it was it was really challenging and so we were very very careful with caleb and when we finally brought caleb out in public he always 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 had to be in the stroller and we wanted him in the stroller and made sure that he nothing was in reach. Like he couldn't touch the conveyor belt when we're cashing out. He couldn't touch the shelf with food on it. Like literally kept him so careful. We didn't touch him until we sanitized and we washed. And I mean, it got to a point where it's like, this is, this is crazy. Like we can't, we can't keep up with this. And it definitely showed when Caleb started daycare because he went from being so, not that we stayed that way through the entire pandemic. In fact, it was only like that. I think 
until the summertime. And then when cases went down to like 94 a day in Ontario or whatever it was like, we were kind of like, okay, like we're a little more chill now. Like we're hanging out with friends, whatever. Um, so we were like pretty calmed down by then. Um, but when he started daycare, you could definitely tell that he had no exposure to germs because he literally started daycare at the end of July and today is November 2nd and he has still <laughs> got like the same ongoing cold <laughs> that he had that he got the day he started daycare. He came home with a runny nose yeah. and this is the same boy that was literally sick once before in his entire life and now has just been like ongoing sick for the last three, four months, but that's just the reality of shielding your child away from these germs, but you're scared because you want to protect them from COVID. Yeah. Well, it's weird because, like, Negan's more sick now with the cough and, like, phlegm and all that gross stuff, but, like, we tested positive when he was two months pregnant, or when he was two months, like, like, alive. Two months. <laughs> it was two months when we tested positive. I didn't get him tested, but, like, I was asymptomatic and Matt had a cold. So mm-hmm. Negan could have totally had it this entire time. So like, it's just, I feel like I was never really scared of the pandemic. That was my thing is like, it didn't scare me. At first I was like really cautious, but I knew that like having a baby, like I still had to expose him to a certain amount of things. Cause I didn't want to like stunt him in any way, but he ended up just being a really social baby. Maybe cause he had brothers I FaceTime my mom all the time. And he sees his cousin all the time, like over video chat and stuff like that. And so maybe it's a freaking nature. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, can you imagine this pandemic happening back in, like, even the early 90s? Um, where things like, technology. like... Yeah, like Skype and FaceTime and yeah. Messenger on Facebook and all that stuff where we weren't so connected on a social media network like this, like how much worse that would have made people being at home and feeling isolated. Yeah. I don't think people would be at home isolated as much without as much technology. That's the thing. Like people, like, maybe people would have like just said, screw it and gone out more because I they're don't think the government would have been as hard. On, I don't know why. Like, I just feel like back in the nineties are kind of like, whatever, <laughs> just like yeah. go I mean, maybe. I mean, everything completely changes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking about the like social isolation piece, we have uh, Kristen. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I don't know if it's Kirsten, Kristen uh, from Oshawa says uh, that her challenge was being alone a lot more than I intended to, as well as seeing my daughter Ruby not be able to be around her extended family at the beginning. So. I mean, I totally, I totally get that. I'll let you touch on that a little bit, Jess. Um, yeah, so I get that. We, um, we live super close to both my parents and Connor's mom. Um, and we relied on them quite a bit um, and still do for socializing Elias. Um, and like we went through a couple different periods where we like had to decide whether we were going to um be able to go and visit or like let them babysit for an hour or two there were some times um where we would go a couple weeks without seeing my mom and um like looking back on it now I'm like I don't even know how how that even happened like I talked to my mom every single day yeah Um, whether that be on the phone or we actually see her because we do live so close and we rely on them so much. So 
um, I don't remember where I was going with that. That's okay. <laughs> I was I was gonna touch. I was gonna kind of jump in and touch on that as well. Like in terms of grandparents, I Adam and I at the time we lived right above his aunt and uncle, mm-hmm. and we like they were always really great about being like, oh, if you want a break, just you know bring Caleb down here so you guys can have like a couple of hours to relax. And it was like. Well, we weren't entirely comfortable with that, not because we were scared of them getting us sick, but like his, his aunt and uncle are a little bit older, especially his uncle was like in his mid seventies and his aunt has like severe COPD and like she already has respiratory issues. So like COVID's like death for her. Mm -hmm. So we just, and with Adam being exposed at his place of work, there was just, we just couldn't do that. And they were literally downstairs. Like they were outside and down the stairs and that's where they were. And Caleb just never, never really saw him. And I mean, in terms of Adam's mom, like she used to come upstairs and we would let them talk to each other through the screen door. Yeah. Like, and that was basically it. And I remember the day that we said, you know what? I think it's okay. Like we all just tested negative. Adam's mom is healthy. So like, let's just let her see him. And I remember her, like she was almost so happy. She almost like she was coming to tears because she finally got to hug her grandson for the first time in so long. And for my parents, I know it was really hard for them as well. Like my mom, she just FaceTimed us like every single day. (laughs) Um, But my dad, he's, he's hard of hearing and he does, he does not do technology that well. Like he, he's rather, he's more of a face-to-face person. So the fact that he didn't get to spend that time with Caleb when he was younger. And now like, it's really sad. Like Caleb's just starting to recognize who he is, but otherwise he doesn't really know who his grandfather is and the pandemic's to blame for that. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's just, it's terrible. The fact that our kids were so isolated the way that they were. Yeah. Negan's birthday was the first time that he's met my dad. Like I have, my dad lives four hours away so, like, this is the first time that Negan's ever met, like, him. And I don't even know the next time I'll see him. And, like, they were really hesitant about coming up. And I'm like, everybody's vaccinated. Like, you're yeah. good. Like, don't worry about it. None of us are sick except for the kid. But, like, whatever. <laughs> and I ended up coming because I'm just, like, this is the only time I think I'm going to get everybody to that in his life to meet him. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, it's crazy. So. The next comment that we had was Maggie from Ottawa. So she says that her challenge was there wasn't as many options for baby playgroups or activities due to the strict restrictions. So she lost out on the opportunity to get out of the house and bond with other new parents. Man, do I feel that. Right. Like (laughs) one of the biggest things that Jessica and I were so excited about was we were pregnant together. Like, we were having babies together. We were on mat leave together. Like, there was so much that we were going to be able to do. And then the world's like, LOL, just kidding. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) we didn't get to do any of that. Like, the only thing Jessica and I got to do together was our prenatal classes. And even then, her (laughs) selfish ass went into the hospital, like, a week after they started. (laughs) And I didn't want to go by myself. So... I just kind of stopped going. Um, But yeah, that was the only thing that we got to do. But at the same time, like at least we had an opportunity to do something like that where like, Jesse, I know you didn't like nothing. I I didn't even, do you know how, do you know how lonely I am as a mom? Uh There's like a dating app for moms. Have you seen it? It's called peanut. I've heard of that. 
So it's literally like a <laughs> and it keeps popping up and I'm like, I'm not that lonely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I might be. <laughs> like, I don't have any, like a lot of my friends are still my party friends. Like they're, I'm the only one that's probably going to have a kid. Like, and like, that's great. And they're great when they meet them and like they buy them stuff. Like they're awesome friends, but like, they don't get it. No. No, you don't. You really, you really, you really don't get it. You don't get it until you get it. Yeah. And like, yeah. I mean, Adam and I, we have, oh, well, you guys know who um, Mr. Vander Cruz is. So his wife, <laughs> Tina, and him are both expecting. Yay. Right? Super excited. <laughs> and like, I can't wait for this friggin' little munchkin to be born. I just want to pinch his cheeks already. But that being said, I'm looking at them and I'm like, you guys have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have no idea how much your life is about to change. Like, you just wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I have no idea. Right? Like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, oh, I worked with pregnant moms and I worked with babies and my best friend had her baby. Like, I get it. I get it. And then. No. No. Just kidding. No, you don't get it. <laughs> Bartender, wrestler, student. Like, that was my life. Like, I was party all night do the wrestling thing and like that was me and then yeah no like I I go to bed at like 11 now <laughs> even that's like late like Jessica was like past her bedtime right yeah, now like it's eight <laughs> o'clock guys what is up I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> so way past her bedtime okay so the next one is oh my god I'm gonna say your name wrong and I'm really sorry please don't hate me um Tana? Tana? Tana. Tana? I feel like I feel like that's Tana. It may be. Okay, so uh from Pickering. (laughs) She says that her struggle is oh, here we go, guys. Online school. Okay. This is a big one. So studying or sorry, staying on top of the work, the classes, making sure they're they're paying attention in their classes, and also them being home all the time, she got less time for herself. Girl, I can't even I can't even imagine. Because, like, I going back to our conversation earlier, Caleb just started daycare at the end of July. And, I mean, by, like, day two, I was like, why did we wait so long to put him in daycare? Like, this silence is peaceful. So I can't even imagine what you're going through. And this whole, this whole topic of online school is is terrible. It's completely terrible. And I mean, I, I haven't experienced it myself, as I mentioned, but I know you guys have, and at least in one form or another. And even at my place of work, when people are calling for support, for counseling support for their children, a lot of it is social isolation. Yeah. That's what it comes down to because their best friend is a glass screen Yeah, in front of them and they do not have human interaction. And like how fucking sad is that yeah yeah no yeah I noticed that was like um so after I gave birth to Negan we got Matt's oldest full-time <laughs> so that was it. and like the whole point was we were gonna put him in school because that's when school was still happening and then literally like two weeks after it's like he's back online wow this poor kid like <laughs> but at the same time I'm like poor me because I'm the one home all the time dealing with it trying to remember grade six math like no <laughs> yeah that's, it's hard like and I mean not to make my situation sound worse but like 
with Harley, we would like, she would be at her mom's house doing her like online schooling. And then when she was on a break, she would FaceTime me or Connor and she'd be like, can you help me with my homework? And I would have to try and like help her with grade one math, which like, I mean, is pretty simple for the explaining most, it. obviously, but like kids are doing coding now, which is yeah. I, like, what is coding? I have no, I have I, what no is idea. That? This is the first I'm hearing of this. Um, and so I'm trying to help her over FaceTime and she's like trying to show me her computer screen to see like so I could see what she's doing it is like it it made it 100 times even harder no it's ridiculous some of the, they change stuff yeah right like and they changed everything aging myself like <laughs> literally well you literally said coding and I'm like what yeah like right? I, I don't I, what is that can right. somebody it's because, of, it's because of like stuff like Roblox and like Minecraft like they're yeah. they're coding because of these like games and like it's oh, I don't know it's frustrating <laughs> okay hi I still don't know what this means <laughs> so like I don't even I don't even know how to explain it it's like literally setting up like software for a computer like oh okay so is it like it's computer related yeah okay because I'm sitting here thinking guys that like two plus two doesn't equal four anymore like that's no, literally no, no, like no, I thought it was to do with the actual <laughs> equation itself no and I'm like wait what <laughs> Because Adam has said on numerous occasions, he's like, you are definitely going to be like the homework go to because and then he just kind of like he didn't even finish his sentence. He just kind of like, walked away. I'm like, OK, <laughs> I guess that, I guess that's going to be me, which like fine, whatever. Like low key, I was a math late in school. So like whatever, it's fine. I will do the math. I don't care. Yeah, but, like, no French. Not- that's fine, though. French? Yeah, you're not good with French. I no, no, I didn't even know what shat was besides. Oh yeah, no. Sorry, I got you. <laughs> Let's go to a bilingual daycare, right? So, like, it, it's yeah. actually going really well. There's been some hiccups, but I feel like... Really and I'm totally okay with Caleb being in a bilingual daycare, but this it's kind of challenging because he's just starting to learn how to talk, right? And they're talking both languages at the daycare. And so he just kept pointing to my cat and yelling, shat. <laughs> and I'm like, did she shit herself? <laughs> like, why are you saying shat when you look at the cats? <laughs> like, I was very confused. And so anyways, I'm sitting there. We're like, Jesse and I are driving home after dropping the kids off at daycare. And I'm like, so my kid keeps pointing at my cat and saying shat. And then she just literally cut me off. And she's like, because that's cat in French. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, shit, eh? All right, okay, that makes sense. And then once she kind of like put that like idea in my head that like, oh yeah, they speak both languages at the daycare. I'm like, maybe I should be a little bit more aware of what he's saying. So like super cute side story. Ever since we took Caleb to Ripley's for his birthday, he has a picture of all three of us at Ripley's Aquarium and it's got like the turtle and the sharks and stuff like that on it. And so every night before bed, he points at them and says goodnight. So he kept saying like, Something that sounded like a door, but it was coming across as like j'adore. J'adore, j'adore, j'adore. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to like decode what that means. So my little like grade nine French brain over here, because that's the last time I had anything to do with the French language, was like j'adore. That's that's got to be something about love. So I Googled it and it means I love it. And I was like, 
oh my god is he like pointing at the picture and saying that like he loves it oh and I'm like oh my god it's so cute so I texted Jess and had like a total like cry mom moment about it but anyways that's my feel-good story of the day (laughs) (laughs) oh god so cute oh my goodness just if you're gonna put your kid in a bilingual anything remember that you need to be aware of said (laughs) bilingual language um (laughs) god okay so Um, the next thing we have is Crystal from Oshawa. So she says that their biggest challenge was the pressure and the dissension that they had in the family over who could not see them without a two week quarantine period. So her aunt used to be on her son Parker's caregiver pre COVID five days a week. So her aunt was her son's caregiver five days a week before COVID. Um, but she works at a dental office and a pharmacy with a walk-in clinic and a lab that processes all the COVID tests. Yeah, that's scary. So it was too risky to interact her. So the aunt felt like she was malici- maliciously cut out of the family. It was, I guess, so Crystal was explaining that it was just completely nuts. Um, so it didn't go back to normal. Or sorry, it didn't go back to normal until all of the adults were double vaxxed. Mm-hmm. So that was the challenge that she had faced. And it was one of the most stressful situations she has ever been in in her entire life. Yeah. So like, let's just take a minute to talk about that. So vaxxed or unvaxxed okay like it's a really touchy subject and i'm not about to sit here and debate politics at the dinner table but i just would like to point out that myself personally i don't care if you are i don't care if you're not you're sick don't come yeah like it's that simple for me it is a personal choice you do what you want i'll do as i want and whether i'm sick you're sick you're vaxxed i'm vaxxed or not you're sick you don't come right it's that it's that plain and simple yeah so I can understand why she was feeling the way she was. I mean, it was terrifying, you know, going back to the very beginning of the pandemic when we were talking about how cautious we were about Caleb. Mm -hmm. There was a point in time where Adam contemplating contemplated sleeping in the spare bedroom in the house downstairs because he's like, I don't even want to expose you guys with me going into work every day. And he didn't even have positive cases at his work. So like imagine working in a lab where they're test they're they're, you know, they're examining these tests and a large percentage of them at the time would have been positive. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like how terrifying is that? I made Matt sleep in the other room until I tested positive. <laughs> uh, well yeah. Well, COVID then is what we called it. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. Like, thankfully, Adam and I have never had it, but we have both been symptomatic several times. We've both been tested several times, and every time that has happened, we isolate ourselves. Yeah. And it's very difficult, but, you know, you have to do what you have to do. So, I mean, how did you guys make those decisions about who got to see and who didn't? I think I'm a little bit, like, I since we, like, we had it, and, like, that was it for me. After that, I was like, okay, you know what? Cause like we're his parents and we had it. And I'm like, this is going to happen. If it happens, it's going to happen. Like there's nothing I can do at this point to like prevent it. Like we were the safest people for him and we ended up having it. So for me, it's just kind of like, as soon as that happened, I was like, Hey, whatever at this point, like, and it sounds really bad, but it's just, we were a safe place and we both tested positive. So like I could sit here and like hide him away from the world and stunt him permanently through his like adolescence or I could just continue with my day and just like if like I like you said if you're sick just stay home yeah I completely agree yeah I mean there's not there's not a whole lot more we can do about that and I mean I recently over the last couple of months I don't remember what triggered my mood but 
something really upset me and it I ended up texting Jess and I was like what is the point of having the vaccine if there's still going to be restrictions people still aren't going to come people still yeah. aren't gonna birthday. whatever was that what it was yeah. I was just I was really I was really upset about the situation because I mean the majority of the people that I do know are vaccinated uh-huh. so I mean, if we're all vaccinated and you're still scared to hang out when everyone's healthy, then like, what was the point of being vaccinated? Like, we're just going to live in fear for the rest of our lives. That's that's something I didn't want to do is live in fear. Like, I can't like I already struggle from like every other mental health problem. Like, why? Why am I going to make it worse? Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, like I, I don't feel that to an extent. Like I definitely, I, I definitely had my share of like downs, and I definitely had my my share of panic attacks here and there because of the pandemic. But I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, I can't even imagine having pre-existing, um, pre-existing things that would make it worse. Right. So, I mean, fuck the pandemic, honestly, but I, I completely understand where Crystal's coming from. It, it is hard. And I mean, I got in countless arguments with my own parents and I was yeah. like, I'm sorry, but like, we have to do what we have to do to protect our family and yours. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I think that people with like a weakened immune system, like them being cautious made sense to me. Like, it made a lot more sense to me than if I was like super crazy cautious. Like, I, but that's just, that's just how I am. And I'm not saying it's like the wrong way to go about things or the right thing. It's just, that's how I was personally. And I still am the same way. So. And you know what, the same as any decision that we make as parents before the pandemic, like we have tough choices to make and unfortunately they're not going to please everyone. And that's yeah. just, it is what it is. So if you're listening to this podcast and you find yourself in a tough situation or you found yourself in a tough situation because of the pandemic or anything, really, just know that you have your intuition, whether it's a mom intuition or just a woman's or men's intuition, whatever it might be. You need to listen to that because at the end of the day, you know yourself and what's best for you and your family better than anyone else. Yeah. So it's it's that plain and simple. Okay, so we are actually running out of time, guys. That went by pretty quickly. Yeah. So super excited. I want to thank uh, thank you, Jesse Mack, for joining us for this episode. Um, and thank you for sharing your stories and how you went through the pandemic, pregnant and all of that. I can't even imagine, like, I suddenly feel incredibly privileged. <laughs> <laughs> literally though (laughs) um so this is super corny and you can judge me if you want but I wanted to end this podcast with a positive quote because we did talk about some tough stuff today and we didn't even get into as nitty-gritty as I thought we would but it still might have been hard for some people to listen to and so I just want to end this week's podcast with a very very corny but special quote that says there will be times so many times in life that you feel like you have failed but in the eyes heart and mind of your child you are and will always be a super mom So I thought that was super cute. I kind of have goosebumps (laughs) just as I read it because I mean, I feel like I'm failing a lot and, but then I see my son and he like shouts mommy every time he sees me and gives me the biggest hugs and love. And I know your kids do the same for you guys. And 
you know, we just have to remember that we're doing the best we can. So I'm really proud of both of you and each and every one of you listening, whether you're a mom, dad, aunt, uncle, whatever you're doing. Um, If you're pregnant, if you are experiencing a hard time in life, just know that you're doing the best you can. And I am super proud of you. So thank you all for joining us this week. I am very excited that you came um, to listen to our podcast. And I am very excited for whatever we talk about next. So take care, everyone. And until the next time, bottoms up. Bye.